Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. After the Whistle, episode 367. Presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Patrick Kane, a Detroit Red Wing. That's the uh, big news this morning. Sabres beat the Rangers last night, which is massive news, in my opinion, because I did not see that happening. What did you see from the Sabres last night that looked so much different from New Jersey? It started with goaltending. I thought Ukapekalukanen, right from the get-go, started and looked very confident. Now, that being said, Shesterkin at the other end of the ice in the first period. Oh yeah, he was incredible. He kept the Rangers in the game. The game should have been four nothing. The game should have been four nothing. Skinner had that chance in the first thirty seconds. He robbed him. Yep, a beautiful play by Tuck kicks it out to a high slot guy in in Jeff Skinner and Jeff Skinner, who's you know he can score. Man, he's 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 a sniper. Um. Sisterkin makes a, a beautiful save there. You have Benson in front of the net, who kind of is all alone for some reason in front of the net, misses a misses a an opportunity to score. There was there was a lot of opportunities that the Sabres had. Shesterkin stood on his head. Ukpek Lukanen at the other end gave the confidence to his team that he was he was in it for the long haul, which was great. Then you have then you have players. Like no one, t- no one talks about Casey Middlestat. Like no one is sitting here talking about Casey Middlestat and how he played the game. He is unbelievable when he has that puck on his stick. No one can get it off him. He's making plays. He's making guys around him be- better. But he's also taking care of the defensive side of the puck, which has been really, really positive to see. Alex Tuck a guy that needs to step up. He is relied upon in the biggest of way. It's two incredible goals last night. I think UPL made, is making a case for himself to be the number one here in Buffalo. After last night's performance against the Rangers, 5-1 win. The Rangers look like absolute shit, but I don't want to take anything away from the Sabres in that game last night. I thought they played really well. But UPL, I mean, here we are with three rotating goaltenders. And I think this guy's played the best of all of them. So at what point do you deviate from your rotation and just say, okay, we have to give more games to this guy to see what we really have? Because eventually you're going to have to move one of these guys, aren't you? I would I would think at some point um, going eight defensemen on a roster and three goaltenders on a roster is not ideal. It's not ideal in the NHL. And right now they're in a they're in a situation that Ukapeka Lukanen has played as a number one. He has been by far the best goaltender. 
Now, Eric Comrie has also played some solid games, but he's also been left out to dry in a bunch of them. Um, he had uh, a bit of a, a an injury situation at the start, but um, I'm I in all the games that I've watched, I've seen some some really positive things from Devin Levi, but I've also seen a ton of youthful goaltending mistakes. And it's going to be interesting now that UPL has clearly taken over the number one position on this team, what they do with Devin Levi, because we all know everybody knows what they should be doing with them. They won't do it. Yes, they should. They have to, because it's not about, it's not about hurting a, a young man's feelings. It's about, we believe in you. We believe highly. I'm not in worried you. about Devin Levi's feelings, Craig. I am. I'm worried more about. I am. Well, because, okay. Well, that's not the reason why you do or don't send him down. No the reason it, you send him down is because you need to send him down. The reason why I don't think they want to send him down is because they put so much stock in this kid and built this kid up that now they, they are afraid to look stupid. Yes. So the fear of sending him down isn't for his development or what it means. The fear of sending him down is for the scrutiny and the criticism that is going to follow because so many people believe that this kid was the answer right out of the gate. Which was ludicrous. Well, and then they gave him the first four games of the year, and he has not recovered to look anything close to what we have expected of him. And I, I'm not, I'm not second guessing his ability. I'm not second guessing his ability. I'm, I'm second guessing the the mismanagement, or the management, I should say, of how this kid is being developed. Last night, we posted UPL's. Um, Development path. Second rounder. Went to the OHL. Was the OHL MVP. Goes to the minors. He ends up having double hip surgery along the way. Goes to the East Coast League. Comes back to the minors. Comes back to the NHL. Goes back to the minors. Comes back to the NHL. That's that's a goaltending development path. Yes. Yes, it is. That is... That is a kid who, A, you never have given up on when you could have after his double hip surgery because you understand and see the potential in his ability. It's his time. It's his time. And maybe the best thing that happened to UPL is Devin Levi. Maybe that motivated him. And I don't know the answer. I'm sure he's super pissed off. Well, not anymore. When Devin Levi came in last year, everybody, all we talked about was Devin Levi, Devin Levi this, Devin Levi that. He's the savior in goal. He's going to be our guy for the future. And then you have a 24, you have a 24-year-old Ukapekalukanen who is sitting there and doesn't play the last, what, 10 or 15 games of the season? Because you're still playing Craig Anderson. You're now bringing in the savior, in, in Devin Levi, you're still playing Eric Comrie. And and the odd man out is Uka Pekalukanen, who at the time was 23 years old that turned 24 last year. And he's sitting there going, the hell is going on here? 
So he goes home in the summertime with a chip on his shoulder. He trains like a savage. He comes back here. And guess what? There was probably some nerves at the start of training camp because he was not the best goaltender. Eric Comrie in training camp was the best goaltender. And what's happened is Uka Pekalukinen now has had the opportunity to calm himself down and only worry about what he can control. And that's what he does in the net. Now there's games that, you know, he was okay. And there's games that he's been lights out fantastic, but he is clearly at this point established himself as the number one goaltender. They, the next game is on what Thursday. They play the St. Louis blues. He should be playing in that game because that's what you do with the number one goaltender is you don't overtax him because you have backup, but you play this, this player because he's playing at a higher level than any other goaltender. Devin Levi, 100% should be going to the minors and not, I'm not saying send him down there for the rest of the year. I'm saying allow Ukapekalukanen to take control of this net, which he has to this point. Eric Comrie is a very, very, very capable backup. And now you allow Devin Levi to play in the minors and learn the pro game by playing multiple games down there. I just don't understand why we can't see more of an effort like that from this team on a nightly basis. Their record would be significantly different if if we saw this kind of effort and preparation going into a game. And I don't know if the embarrassment from New Jersey carried over to that and kind of inspired them to not get embarrassed again by a much better team. But whatever happened from New Jersey to New York it was two completely different teams. I don't necessarily want to pin it all on goaltending. That's certainly a start when you have confidence in net and you're not getting scored on in the first minute and a half of a game. I understand that. You saw the way they played in front of Eric Comrie, right? It's awful. It was a complete disgrace how the team plays defense. This team has to realize you have to go into a game not thinking that we're going to score four to five goals. You have to go in into a game where you're not going to allow more than two goals a game. That's that's the focus. They need to understand that playing great defense is going to allow that offense to flourish. You have to be stingy defensively. That doesn't take away. I'm not taking away from any of the offense i'm asking i would ask guys to play well, they defense did, they terribly. did that last they did last night it looked awesome too how but that's the that's the question how can it be two polar opposites it's it's night and day how do you go from being the team that you were against new jersey to the team that you were against the rangers in a matter of 48 hours How does that happen? This This whole season has been like that. This this team does not have the luxury of being this inconsistent. I know they don't, but that's that's basically been their entire year. Okay, so where does that start? So 
they, where does they, the inconsistency begin? Is it the players? Is it the coaching? Like what is it? Can't tell me it's the goaltending. You can still be getting blown out five, one and look like you care and still play hockey the right way. So the, we saw two completely different teams. Well, I can't necessarily you. I, I can't go and say, well, it's because it's the youngest team in the league. Well, I mean, go look at the standings. Are, are, are you know, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins going to say that? Uh, I mean, there's so many teams that the Sabres are ahead of right now. Like, we are throwing the biggest shitball sandwich on the Sabres right now. And, I mean. No, we're not. No, we're not. Yeah, we have. I'm, I, no, I'm asking. The, no, that's not a shitball sandwich. Have. I know because the team that we saw last night is a team that is much better than where they sit in the standings, which isn't even that far out of a playoff spot, by the way. So when you speak about the level, and we talked about this yesterday in our, uh, our crash course, you know, the silver lining is the fact that the team is right there considering how poorly they've played at times. But when do you start to see a string of games where this team is looking like it's a a well-oiled machine? Like when they go on the ice, they know how to play. Because it's been it's been you have St. Louis coming up. Yep. Okay. Then you have Carolina, Nashville. Those are your next three games. They're all winnable. They're all winnable. I thought last night was the least winnable of all of them. But now I feel like they could win the next four or five games based on how they played last night. If they can. But are we going to win games because of Uka Pekalukin standing on his head? Or are we going to win? Do you think they only won that game because he stood on his head? No. No, I I think they won the game because they they had a collective buy-in to playing great defense. And, and I, I think that that is where this team needs to get to is understanding how to play defense, understanding when to push the pace on offense and use their insane offensive talents. But you're going to win more games by playing great defense. And they had a collective buy-in to playing great defense, but they also really pushed in the offensive zone. The first period was one of the best first periods I've seen all year from this team. They were flying. They could have scored four goals on Shesterkin. And that's what you want to see. They were hungry. They were physical. They were, they were grinding on pucks and winning battles and making plays. Now, you said to me that the Rangers uh, look like shit last night. Well, they look like shit because the way the Sabres played, it's not just that the Sabres were, or the, the Rangers were flat. They were flat because of the way that the, the Sabres played. Now we've seen this in the past. We've seen where we're like, oh man, we're playing Colorado avalanche. This isn't good. Then they go and win for nothing. There are there have been games this year where we expect a terrible outcome and then all of a sudden have the well, reverse of it. Well, listen, my Colum- point Columbus beat Boston 5-2 last night. Okay. Yeah. So like these things can happen around the league. 
there's more parity in the league now than ever. And if one team doesn't show up, the other team's in trouble. That's what happened last night. The Rangers didn't show up. In fact, the Rangers looked like a completely different team in the third period. And they ended up winning the game five to one. But I mean, it's like if one team doesn't show up, it doesn't even matter. Yep. Like the Sharks beat the Capitals last night. Justin Bailey, by the way, um, Buffalo boy, Buffalo boy, former Buffalo Saber, was signed by the San Jose Sharks yesterday or two days ago, and uh, he got an assist on the winning goal last night. So congratulations to him. I don't know if you remember Justin Bailey at all. But I thought I would mention that. Yeah. Big righty. Yeah. And where has he been for the past, like, six, seven years? Spent some time in Vancouver. Bounced around a bunch. Um, Tell you right now. Yeah, Vancouver for a few years in their system. He's been in and out of the lineup, up and down from the minors. Spent the last three years between Vancouver and Abbotsford. And uh, has been with the San Jose Barracuda for a vast majority of this season. And then uh, played his first game with the Sharks last night. For him. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. And you know that's you know what's even more crazy about this? He's only 28 years old feel like he's been kicking around since he was like for like 20 years yeah i know but you know what he he was uh he was a big fast uh, man you remember his speed yeah it's insane got a yeah. great shot big frame fast it's nice that uh that he uh that he got a shot in san jose and and what a big upset great for the sabers you know that's those are the teams that you need. Ottawa lost last night. You have uh, Washington lost. Ottawa last, night. last in the divi- in the conference, which is shocking to me. So it seems like a weird league right now. It really seems like you look at the Eastern Conference. I mean, it seems like a really weird league. Ottawa at the bottom, New Jersey near the bottom, Pittsburgh. What separates the elite from the absolute crap? Tell me before we get consistency. To consistency. You have Chicago that was beating top teams in the league. You have Anaheim that's beating top teams in the league. These were the bottom, bottom teams in the league last year. Okay. You have San Jose Sharks on a two game winning streak right now. They are terrible. That being said, they can beat any team in the league. That's the difference in the NHL nowadays. San Jose is not a great team because they are extremely inconsistent and they lack, they lack skill. Okay. They lack a skill set, but they can beat any team in the league. If you take a team like San Jose or Anaheim or Chicago or any one of those bottom teams, if you take them lightly, you're going to lose. Just like you could say the Rangers kind of probably took the Sabres a little bit easy. Okay. And the Sabres spanked them. But I'm going to tell you, I cannot wait for Thursday night. I cannot wait. Went to bed last night, woke up this morning. I'm like, all I'm thinking about, I cannot wait to see what the Sabres bring in their next game. Well, the biggest question is who's going to be in that. 
And the answer is UPL, should be UPL. Hey, Andrew, you ever been in a car crash? I know you have because you're a terrible driver. But fortunately for me, I haven't. But I know who I'd call if it ever happened to me. Call our friends at Salino Law, 800-555-5555. For a car crash, call Salino, 800-555-5555. You looking for a nice little getaway? Seneca Allegheny Resort and Casino. Natural beauty meets true luxury. Surrounded by the lush hills of the rolling Allegheny Mountains, incredible views are second only to the outstanding accommodations and service. Enjoy the AAA Four Diamond Resort, complete with luxurious rooms and amenities, expansive dining options, and of course, world-class gaming nestled in the foothills, just a short drive from the quaint village of Ellicottville. Go to SenecaAlleghenyCasino.com for more details. What's up, Thomas? much it's getting cold here patrick kane detroit red wings are you shocked yeah no i think it was one of those teams that was rumored right i think him and the Brinkat have uh past history in chicago so surprised no did i think he was gonna go there ultimately no i i, I was thinking deep down for some reason he was gonna go to dallas never thought buffalo i mean i did but Ultimately, I think he looks at the team and then he wants to win. I don't know if Detroit is ready to win. Who knows? I mean, have you guys found out what the contract is? But I'm it, assuming it is a one year deal. It is a one year deal. Yeah. If I were to if I were to put this scenario in your mind that, you know, Patrick Kane basically chose a spot where he feels that he is going to get the most playing time where he's going to fit into a lineup and he's going to be put with two great players and he's going to play a lot. I think that's part of the, um, uh, the thought process with, with Patrick Kane. It's not necessarily just about uh, winning a, a Stanley cup because I don't think uh, Detroit is anywhere near winning a Stanley cup. That's just my opinion. Um, but he's also, he's going to play there. He's going to play. Um, I, I would be shocked if he if he didn't play with Dylan Larkin and, and DeBrinket. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly, I think, where I think he's probably going to slot in to begin with and go from there. But I don't know. I mean, is it a team, Detroit, a team that I can see winning the Cup? I, I'm with you. I don't think so. But at the same time, they're playing some good hockey. Like, they, they are... Playing good, and, and as you guys know, and I've heard you guys say it before, you always have those top two teams that that you think are three teams that got, they're good. They got a chance of winning a cup. But then there's years. All you have to do is get in. Goalie gets hot. Team plays well. You don't get injuries. Well, you can make a run. Yeah, but you also know that Steve Eiserman is going to do something closer to the deadline to bring in someone to the team to help bolster it if they are in a good spot. Listen, Absolutely. I think Patrick Kane legitimately picked the better team. And when I say picked, I do believe it was down to the Sabres and Detroit. Maybe there was another team in there. I wanted Kane to come to Buffalo. I wanted to see this. But do you think he's really looking to win a cup this year? Or do you think he's looking to come back, put himself in the best position to show that he still has game left? 
and then maybe try to find a cup contender next year. I do think he wants to win. If he doesn't want to win, like why not just retire, right? But I think you are right. Where right now he's in a situation. Okay, this is a good fit for me. The team is, you know, going somewhere. But I, ultimately, he needs to figure out: Can I still play? Can I still skate? And that's the one-year deal makes complete sense for both sides. I think it's a great opportunity for him. It's great for the Red Wings to get a a player like Patty Kane. But the next, you know, I don't know when he's ready to play. But say that he plays forty games. Well, it's it's going to show us if he can still play the game of hockey because. As we've seen with Nicholas Backstrom, it hasn't worked out. Yeah, that's the same surgery they had, right? Same procedure. I believe so. Yeah, I'm not. I think we we yeah. talked about this, and uh, yeah, you did. You did mention that on the show, and someone did confirm it. Actually, okay, you mentioned it, and you're like, "Don't quote me on that." And then someone tweeted our show and said it is the same surgery. Yeah. Um. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm glad that saga is over. We can stop talking about it now. But I mean, I'm I'm I am not going to lie and tell you that I'm not bummed. He's not in Buffalo. I think that would have just been an unbelievable story. And I just I wish the Sabers. You imagine the fan base? Oh, with him pulling on a Sabers jersey. I just said to Craig, you know, like I just wish this team had shown a little bit more consistency through some of these games, and be in a better spot to to maybe acquire a player like this. But now, granted. Craig doesn't think they need him. A lot of people don't want him. A lot of people do. I'd say the fan base was very split on Pat King coming to Buffalo. I think it would have been a real jolt to the fan base and the team. I agree with you. I think it would have been awesome. I would have loved to see 88 in the Sabres jersey. But I, I do have to disagree with you, Petey, where I think where he looks at it and says, this team is not, or you wish there would have been more consistent than this and this. Well, we can say the same thing about 10, 12 other teams. And look what happened last night. The main reason they win that game is because goaltending was great from the first minute on. And certain players got going as the game went on. And it allowed them to find their game. And they, and then they ended up winning, what, 5-1, was it? But that's what I'm talking about, though. How do you go from getting embarrassed in New Jersey to just be, be to beating the best team, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, if not the whole league, in the Rangers, and not only just beating them but embarrassing them. That's the inconsistency that we talk about. I mean, what's their record if they end up playing all twenty-two or twenty-three games the way they played last night? But th- that's impossible, though, Petey. No one is that consistent. I mean, look, the, the, the Bruins are losing. They lost to the Blue Jackets. I mean, you're gonna have games. The, but to me, consistency starts with obviously the way your team plays, but it starts from goaltending out. And if Lukanen can, who is clearly right now, what are we, 22 games in for the Sabres? Talking to the Sabres or, you know, you can bring any other team. You have to establish who your number one guy is. And right now, I think he has shown that he's been the best goalie, in my opinion. So what do they do? Well, you play the best goalie. It's pretty simple. Oh, you're asking for trouble if you do that. Because isn't Devin Levi the best goalie? I thought he was supposed to be the best goalie. I'm not going to get into that with you. You know, you're going <laughs> to, you play the best goalie. You play the best 6D, not 7D. You play the best 12 forwards that are available. And Benson, even though we've talked about it, I'm not disagreeing that he's one of their best forwards. He deserves to be in this lineup, good or bad. Am I wrong with that? I'm, no. 
It's not a problem. It's I not mean, a problem. Kid, I think if the kid is good, then you move out other pieces. That's what I was alluding to this morning after watching this kid like a hawk after they make this decision to keep this guy who's 18 years old. He's still got a long, long ways ago to be mentally, physically more mature in this league. Watching him play last night, <laughs> I am I I am now just on the Don Granado, Kevin Adams train where they made the right decision with the kid. And here's the thing. He is one of their top players. I, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. I think it's absolutely friggin' ridiculous that the kid's 18 years old and he competes harder than 90% of all the players on the Sabres. He goes into corners. He's going to the front of the net. He's taking a whack and here he's getting smoked by a Truba. He gets back up. It's amazing. And Not then only that, though. You, you hit it right on the head, Vanner. You got to move someone else out. You got to move someone else out because this kid actually, I think, is making your team better. Now there's players right now that I think need to be moved out for better players. Yeah. And, and that's, again, uh, that's probably 10 other teams that are saying the same thing, right? Like shit, we, we, we need, we need a different piece. We need a, and, and I guarantee you the, those conversations are happening. They happen every day, every day, but back to Benson. I mean, <laughs> We'll see if he can keep this up. It's pretty impressive, though. His motor, the the not only the chances he had last night, but the ones he created. Kid was impressive, but again, to me, ultimately comes down to goaltending. Luke Banner, when, kept when we talk early. about goaltending, and I think where Petey's trying to get at this is clearly throughout the first twenty-two games of the season, you have Uka Pekalukin that that has played. 11 of those games. And in those games, I think he's six, three and one on a team that has somewhat struggled for consistency this year. If you were a goaltender, Vanner, would you want to be on the practice ice where you're sitting there splitting shot reps with another goaltender? Like, does that make you feel like you are, are getting the best out of yourself? And that's kind of where my mindset is right now is, you know, I don't like the idea of a three goalie tandem. That's never happened before in the league. If you now feel that Uka Pekalukkanen has started to win this number one position, why do you not start to ride him like a number one instead of doing this three goaltending rotation right now? Why can't well, you send of, down uh, Devin Levi? Not not to sit there and slap the kid in the face and say, you're not good enough, to say, listen, we know you're a rookie. You're 21 years old. Go down into the minors and play. Gain that confidence, and when you're ready to rock and roll and we all feel that you're ready, we're going to bring you back up and you're you're going to run with it. But he needs time to gain his confidence back. I feel like... I feel like he's kind of lost a little mojo, a little swagger in his in his in his step. Do you not agree? And there's nothing wrong with going to the minors. That's what most hockey players slash goaltenders do in this league. Well, I, I don't know which question you want me to answer first because there's so much in that uh -huh. in that four minutes. How many statement. how many questions did you count in there, Thomas? I think I got like four or five, maybe. Yeah, I think I stopped listening at four questions. 
Tim Graham, is it? Who just wrote the article. And uh, it was it was a, actually an awesome article about Miko. Yeah, about so the three, there the answers your questions right there. How did an actual goaltender, because I'm not a goaltender, I, I didn't even block a shot. So I'm the farthest away from a goaltender. But Mika right there in his article, which was, it was fascinating. It was great. The, the guy lives in Dubai now. Just just a wild story. I mean, I loved Mika when I was with him those those six months or five months, whatever it was. But he still clearly now, 20 years later, suffers from what happened, the free goaltending. And he said, it. you know, he could have handled it better, blah, blah, blah. But it was no good. It was no good for him. I think for us as a team, I was young at the time. I, I was, I don't know if it bugged me so much having free goaltenders. To me, I just felt bad for him because he's good. I could tell he was good. He just needed to move on. Like they should have moved on from him and let him earn a spot somewhere else earlier than they did. But as far as sending goaltenders or any young player to the minors, that's never a bad thing. Especially, I mean, we all know what's the hardest position to break into the league as a young kid. Uh, I would say 100% it has to be goaltending. Goaltending is the hardest position by far. And then what's the next one? Defense. Defense and the easiest. And then it's probably centers. And then the easiest by far is wingers. You're laughing. I mean, I was a winger, but it is. Uh, go you ahead, Petey. Go ahead, Petey. Tell us how hard it is to stand on the boards there and uh, receive a pass, <laughs> kip it up the puck. I don't think I've ever said. I don't think I've ever said playing wing was hard. Well, it's hard when you play with guys like Rivs and everything is off the glass and you got to chase it down. Just hey, Riv, why don't you just fire another fucking rim into my feet and I'll get crushed <laughs> yeah. by Chara coming down? It is true. Tape, I don't rim pucks, bud. I was a tape to tape guy. No, yeah, <laughs> tape to tape, off the glass to fucking. And if I knew you were gonna get smoked. It went off the glass for your benefit. <laughs> and I get it. Kids nowadays, the game is different. There's a lot more golden spooners that that don't spend time in the minors, which is okay because some kids are too good. But 90-some percent of them aren't good enough, and it's okay to go to the minors. And and you know what? And maybe it's only a month. Maybe it's six weeks. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I look at a guy like Ryan Johnson. How many games did he play in Rochester? Eight, nine? I would probably say somewhere around, I'll tell you right now, nine games. Nine games. Well, maybe that's all he needed. Maybe that's all the kid needed because he looks pretty good. And I know he I does look pretty good. Week. He also played the least amount of minutes, I think, yesterday. Um, you know who did look good? It was uh, Henry Yoki Haru. It was healthy scratch the game before came back in the lineup. And I thought, uh, I thought Henry, uh, played quite well. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but, uh, in what I watched, he looked pretty solid in, in, in the last game. And that's, that's a good sign. That's what you want. You want guys to feel angry, uh, not to have this, uh, you know, uh, country club atmosphere all the time. You want guys to start to say, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to be a healthy scratch again, ever. So they're going to play for it. And uh, spidey senses get uh, get tingling. And um, 
you know, there's there's some guys that played some some really good hockey last night. Now, now it's for this team is to try and figure out how do we do this each and every night. Ribs, when you win the game 5-1, how many bad performances typically do you have? Not too many, but I, I will many. say this. You got to remember, Vanner, that this was a 2-0 game for a large part of the game. Um, goal in the first period, goal in the second period. The Sabres played very well through the first two periods. Then the refs have to take things in their hands because, uh, you know, it's uh, it's the Rangers and they give the worst goddamn call I have seen in a very long time to Zach Benson. Okay. Gets put in the box. The puck is in the net within, I'm not even kidding you, five seconds. Okay. One timer from uh, Mika Zibanejad. Now you have a 2-1 game. This game is not one. There's 12 minutes left in the game, and it's a 2-1 game. The Rangers now have some confidence. The building is now electric. So what I'm trying to say is, like, there was a lot of great play from a lot of great players on the Sabres, but they stuck together and figured out a way to get this done. A massive goal, a massive goal, seven minutes later by, uh, by Alex Tuck. Like that was the the nail in the coffin for me because now it's a two goal deficit. But what I'm trying to say is Henry Yoki Haru played very well. And the night before he was in, you know, he's a 24 year old defenseman. He's not 20, 21, or he's not 35. He's a 24 year old defenseman that's starting to move into his prime. So the last thing he wants to do is sit in the rafters. And I'm sure he was pretty pissed off and he took advantage of his opportunity and played 18 minutes and had an assist plus two and played very well. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. It was good. It was a great night by a lot of players. I mean, you can just go around like Casey Middlestad. I know he had a goal in three assists I, or two assists. I know he had three points, but take away his points. It's the way he played the game. The way he played the defensive side of the puck, the way he tracked the puck on the back check, like he looked really, really good in 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 last night's game. And he's another guy that's kind of like, I think a little bit flown under the radar, but he's having a very nice season. 20 points he has right now in 20, 22 games, Vanner. Who's he? Why, why is he? Why are you saying he's flying under the radar? I think. Every week we we mention his name of how how good he has been. I think between him and Paterka, they've been uh, most nights your most efficient forwards. Yes, um, I've just been very very impressed with Casey Middlestad. He looks like he is. I'd move him. Be honest with you. <laughs> just saying. If there's ever a time to move the guy, are you going to pay him six million bucks next year? Sorry, hundred thousand percent. No, no chance. Hundred thousand percent. Not a chance. I'd trade him. Thomas, no need to comment. You're Let's more like keep... Rivs today. You're grumpy. Let's just bring back everybody. Yeah, Let's but bring... Petey, is the kid performing? That's why you need to trade him. That's why it's now but, time. But did he not? Uh, if you don't like his style, that's fine. But did he not perform last year for you? 
I'm I have no problem with the. Is player. he performing now I for have, you? If he's not going to, yes, you know why he's performing now for me because now I can move him at the deadline and get some assets. If this team is out of the playoffs, but come what, deadline. What, what what do you want for assets? You you want more first round picks? Is that what? No, you want? I don't. I don't. I want I want a player. I want a player or two. If like this give guy's me a th- type of player, give me a type of player that you would want for Casey Middlestat. I have one in my mind. I have go, I have a great one in my mind. Go ahead. No, but but you can you can tell me your thought because I don't want to trump your 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 thought process. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade Casey Middlestat. Um, but if but if we are playing that game that we are going to trade him, I have a I have someone that I would trade him for. Okay. Who? That's Adam Lowry in Winnipeg. That is the type of guy I would want if I'm going to trade Casey Middlestead, who's going to produce me a lot of points, okay? I'm going to trade him for because I'm kind of going on your mindset of maybe maybe changing up the roster a little bit. Maybe your third-line centerman is a little bit different than maybe what Casey Middlestead brings on on every given night, but is that kind of what you're looking for? Yes. That type of player. Yes. Yes. You know, big, a big center physical can fight, can kill penalties. Um, and you know, he's not going to put up anywhere near anywhere near the points that Casey Middlestad is, but he's going to be a solid player. This player right now, I just looked him up. He's got four goals, 13 points. He's plus 12 in 20 games. Hey, who's uh, who's the captain in Winnipeg? Adam Lowry. Oh, I'm, yeah, he's probably available. They don't like him there. Vanner, I know he's not. I know he's not available. I know he's not available. But then you cannot. You, you cannot. See, I'm, it's so easy. No, it's I'm, so, I'm giving get... Petey what he's looking for. I'm giving Petey what he's looking for. I know what Petey's thinking, and I know the type of player that Petey wants on our roster. And this is the type of player that Petey wants in that third-line position. Would be a player like Adam Lowry. Okay? The size, the physicality, the penalty kill, all that kind of stuff. And the other teams don't want those players? Some some teams value an Adam Lowry more than others would, is what I would say. Now, here's the thing, Banner. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trading Casey Middlestad. I'm signing him. No, to no, a contract. no, no. I, I know you're not, but I'm just saying those players. There's a reason when teams have them, they keep them. Correct. They Correct. are. I mean, look. Well, how much did uh, Tampa play uh, pay at the deadline last year for? Janelle, like a stupid amount more than any other skill guy i've seen in the past right yes so look at the price what it cost to acquire a player that brings that element and it is valued it's and it's obviously super valued by the tampa bay lightning but the price is high Very high. Yeah. So for that, for that, so those trade, guys aren't Tanner available. Janot, Sorry. Tanner Janot back uh, when he was traded, the Tampa Bay acquired Tanner Janot, <laughs> who 
on um, Nashville was what? Like a third line left winger? <laughs> yeah. They ended most up people getting, don't even know who he is. Exactly. They ended up getting Kale Foot. Kale Foot was a was a former first round draft pick, uh, big right handed uh, defenseman. So they got Kale Foot. They got a third round draft pick in 2023, a fourth round draft pick in 2023, <laughs> a fifth round draft pick in 2023, a second round draft pick in 2024, a first round draft pick in 2025. <laughs> All for one player. For a player that the casual hockey fan has no idea who he is. Right? Yeah. 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 Um I'll tell you a guy I want the Sabres to go and get. I actually said this a few years ago and everyone laughed at me and said, guy's washed up. He's not good. Ryan Hartman. Every team wants him. And that's why they get resigned or they get traded for big, a a first, a second, a bird, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh, and an eighth. Yeah. Let's get off the Sabres. Can you fucking believe that Jacob Truba did not get suspended for that slash to the head? I can't. No, that should have been an automatic. I know some people want life, 25 games. I mean, a $5,000 fine is ridiculous. To me, it's a, I don't know, three to five games. I think the one angle looks bad. Then a new angle came where actually it looked to me like he was going to two-hand him right in the pants. And the guy, was it Frederick? Kind of like shoved him, you know, in his upper body and his momentum. You know, he kind of got on his heels and his stick elevated and got him in the side of the head. I do not think that was his intention. But it's about, it's about taking care of your own body and your own stick. Right. I mean, yeah, but if you get pushed ribs and you lose your balance, your momentum is already going towards a slash. Well, I know that you probably watched the video a lot. And at the end of watching it 10 times for me, and the type of player that Truba is, he, he's that's exactly what he wanted to do. Yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree. I think he's what it. You think Truba is a dirty player or a mean, nasty type of player? I don't think he's a dirty player at all. I think he's no. both. I think he's absolutely both, and you can be both. I don't think he's dirty at all. I think there's some dirtiness to him, some, some, you know, sometimes where he takes it just over the edge, but God, that's a guy to talk about, you know, the Felinos and this guy and this guy you would want on your team. Well, this is a guy you would want on your team. Would you not? thousand percent. Yes. I mean, did you see that hit he put last week on Halfaway? Yes. When he's like tangling up the ice, up the ice, being, and then being like, chased and down by Nick Delorier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the guy is an absolute machine. He's a beast. He's not, you know, he's not the delicate little power play, uh, you know, type player. He's he is the meat meat, uh, meat and potatoes that um, is the defining person for that hockey team. The way he plays in the back end is just incredible. Because there's not very many defensemen in the league like him. 
So he separates himself from a very large group of players in this league. And he is sitting on, on, you know, on the hill at the top of the hill by himself. He's, he's, he's dangerous. The only one. He's the only one there. there I don't, I can't think of another defenseman to put in the same category as him. There isn't one. Cause there, is, was, there isn't one. The next closest I can think of as far as the, the, the hitting and stuff is Zadora out of Calgary, our old buddy from the Sabres. Yep. But he Mr. doesn't Mr. have Mr. the hockey clock. IQ. He doesn't have the skill sets that a Truba has. No way. Not even close. There's not a guy like him. There is nobody in the NHL like Jacob Truba. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I do not think that wasn't. I don't think he wanted to two-hand him across the head. I really don't. I think he wanted to. Be that's the dirtiness in him. I do think he wanted to freaking two hand him, maybe the back of you know, in the knee or the, the pants. And then, as his you know, follow through goals, he gets pushed a little bit and he just kept on swinging. He was off balance a little bit, he's off balance. Um, I don't think he's you know, it's it's Danny B. Danny B used to do this and he Danny knew what he was doing, he would get hit off balance and then he would swing his stick. Pretend like he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> That's my point. I'm not yeah, saying but, that but, Danny but Truba was does the... this, but Truba does this every game. He hits somebody. He he's physical. He's this. It's not like he's a skilled defenseman that that doesn't hit. That that's you know slashes all the time. I don't. I don't think the intention was to smack him in the head. I really don't. Uh, some well, sometimes though, sometimes you just got to use a guy as an example, and and I think you, you know you ding Truba with a two or three game suspension here, and I mean, I I think the league doesn't have any pushback, but five thousand dollar fine for something that looks this bad for a guy. What's he make? Eight million. Mm-hmm. It's 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 brutal. And that that and I agree with that. I, that's that's why I said right away. I think to me, just because of where to stick, like people finish. need to know it's like it's like it's like a normal person, you know, that makes you know eighty thousand dollars a year. It's like them saying, "Hey, you've been fined. You got to pay five dollars." That's what five grand is to Jacob Truba. That's been making eight million dollars forever. So. Is five million is five thousand dollars going to do anything? It's like it's laughable. Well, it's we've said this in the past laughable. about Malkin and stuff like guys. Malkin speared a guy years ago in Detroit, like one handed jabbed him right in the junk, and he got a five thousand dollar fine. And that was as egregious and blatantly intent intentional as you could get. And this is just where I think the league misses the boat sometimes. Even when we played, I did not understand these fines. Like I, I don't. I do not understand it. Like you do something wrong, you get suspended. The only time I can see a fine is if you are embellishing, right? Like, like you think you're getting the high stick and you're holding your face or something. But even for that, and, and you're you do it every game. But even then, suspend the guy. Be like, dude, stop being a diver. Sit for two games. What what's the purpose of fines? 
there is the, I mean the there is no, the like if he if he sits for two games, how much money do you think he's losing? Two games. A lot. A lot of money. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. That is going to change a mindset of a player. Uh, see, even that I don't agree with because uh two games, say it's 150 grand. I don't even know the number. I can't. I'm not that good at math right now. It ain't gonna change it. The guy makes 64 million. That doesn't do anything. But it would have been the right thing to do. Three games, four games. It's the penalty to the team. It's the loss to the team than it is to your wallet. Yes. That's that's where that's where the penalty is. He's so valuable to the Rangers. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how much money he loses. No one gives a shit. It's a tax write-off anyway. But he is such a big piece to the Rangers that what's a bigger loss? Now, granted, they lost to the Sabres with him in the lineup, but what I'm saying is you have him out of the lineup and they lose three or four games. That's a major penalty to your team. Now, I don't know if he's if he's three or four game losing streak worthy of a player in your lineup, but I think we know the value of him. I just, to me, to me, it's the optics of the league. It's the optics. You have everybody watching the NHL, and everybody sees this, and you need to make an example of stick swing, period, whether it's under control or not under control. That's that's exactly the it, like yeah. I said, I, I'm, I'm 100% I'm a believer that I don't think he intentionally did this, but you still have to suspend it for him. You're yeah. the one who did it. I don't care if you were off balance or not. It still yeah. has to be a suspension because – I mean, what what kind of message are you sending to the rest of the players in the league? Well, let me ask you this, Banner. Well, you, you Hartman, say... gets, Hartman gets two games for his trip on Debrinket. Which I don't mind because that's a slew foot. That's a yeah, dirty, right. dirty hockey play. Right. Yes. Yep. Right. I agree. But I'm exactly. just saying it's like, you know. A, a, a so sl- cut out these $5,000 fines and suspend. Yeah. And I, I just don't understand that. And and I said this, you know, even when we played. I mean, I mean, we played with Rafi Torres, but if guys hit over the line, those two free gamers aren't going to change their game. But if you all of a sudden give them twenty games, twenty five games, forty games, well, then the rest of the league pays attention to that. Well, then you're out of the league. Yeah. But if, if like to me, like Ryan Hartman, now he gets two games in the next year. So from now on, his next 80 games, if he gets another slew foot penalty, is that another two games? Or is it all of a sudden 10 games or 15 games? Be like, you just did this. Yeah. It, yeah. And that's yeah. that's the that's the part where, you know, and and, and I played with perils. And I know him, and he's a smart, and it's not an easy job. It's so easy for us to sit here and, and make these rules. But at, at some point, just suspend guys. I, I don't know. I don't understand the fines. All right, last question for you here, Thomas. Why the coaching change in Minnesota? I think Bill Guerin does have expectations because they have done this the last year and the year before. That's They just play a hard game, and they make the – playoffs do i feel bad for dean evison i do because when you don't have 15 million dollars of that of of no cap space because of the suitor and parisis i mean those are what two good players or two really really good players maybe three players that can bring something 
So that's a tough job. And I think he'll, th- th- he'll get another job quickly because his teams from the minute he took over, I don't even know, two, two and a half years ago, three years ago. I don't even know how long it's been. They play hard. And I do think they still played hard. It's just sometimes when you're in a funk, you find ways to lose. So at some point, what's the easiest thing? Edmonton Oilers. What's the one thing you can change that's easy to change? Just like you guys talk about, we need to trade for him or the Sabres should trade for him. This team's that is so hard to do. You cannot do that in the season. You can make a tweak or two, but if your goaltending is below average, and your roster is what it is, at some point, you know, the coach got the most out of him and the message just doesn't, you just need a new voice. And that's the easiest thing to do on a team like this. But like I said, that guy, he will get another job because of what he has done. To I squeeze. heard the players like them. I heard the players really like him as a coach. Again, I, I don't know him. I don't know anything about him. I just, I know a lot of the players on the team and they love him. They love his passion. They love his attitude. He, I mean, you, you see his emotion on the bench. It's almost too much sometimes, but that guy cares. I mean, he is, (laughs) he is, uh, he'll get another job. And that's, that's, that's sports. Coaches get fired all the time. I wish you guys and me would be on a college football staff. Did you see what's going on with with those guys? The Texas A&M coach gets fired. Guess what is uh what he's owed still? Oh, that's right. I I did see this. Seventy six million. <laughs> How's that even possible? How long was the contract? <laughs> I think he just signed an extension this past year for like eight years. So I think his contract runs through 20, 30, 31 or something. Yeah, but that's you gotta understand something though. College that's, sports, you gotta that's, love it. That's nothing in college sports. College football, I shouldn't say college, college sports. College football. college football, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I don't think volleyball, men's and women's volleyball, is generating the same kind of revenue as <laughs> as college right. football. And you don't have to pay players. There's no salaries, so all the money goes to the coaches. Yeah, but anyways, off topic. There, you know, I understand what Bill Guerin did there, just to uh, get a new voice in there. I don't think it has anything to do with the coach itself. He'll get a, he'll get a, a shot somewhere else and do a great job. I believe Craig, anything to add? What are you laughing at? Over I'm there? just uh, looking, I'm looking up. They still owe him $75 million. Yeah. It's 75 or 76 million. Like man. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy your life. All right, boys. Good talk.